preachers at the church like to say, we ain't gonna take long, but we're going to take our time. We'll talk about all the TV, movies, and music that define our everyday blackness. Welcome to the Black Card Podcast. What's going on, everybody? This your boy, Bird. I'm April D. Yep, Jay West. And I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Black Card Podcast, where it's always us versus them. So uh, today's shout out, I'll give two shout outs, kind of one in the same. Got to give a shout out to the bros for Founders Day 109. Happy Founders Day to us. And a, a serious shout out to that boy Jalen Hurts letting the world know that he just crossed as the bros. <laughs> Can I pet that dog? <laughs> Now, the, Can I pet that dog? The amount of virtual pussy that was thrown at this man, man. from one clip, I have I saw my entire timeline degrade themselves <laughs> to such a juvenile, and April is on my timeline. Wait, I didn't post anything about that man on my timeline, so that's a lie. But you put in the messages though. Oh, I did. Yeah. Okay. I'm about to, okay. <laughs> like, all right, all right, you got me. Like you let it be known that you was fiending for that man. He's he's a very handsome man. And I'm I'm happy for him. Wait, he's... did you know he was a Q before that part, or just something you found out? Yeah, well, he 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 just crossed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think like two weeks ago. Gotcha. I, I mean, I knew that he was crossing, uh-huh. uh, but it was one of the things where it's like keep it to yourself because yeah, fraternity world is different though. Now nah, keep it to yourself, kind of because you know football season is going on. So, yeah, true, true, <laughs> so, true, 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 true. He, he is in season, but uh, yeah. you know, congratulations to him or whatever. Um. Can I pick that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man, that's funny. No matter what, man. But everybody's talking about streets. Streets are blazing. This man, Jeezy and Gucci, coming up. Super duper big topic right now. Uh, we had the conversation. The first being Jeezy versus Ti, but the first initial conversation always first was Jeezy versus Gucci. Now, let's talk about the importance of why Jeezy and Gucci battle is, you know, I guess you could say important to the culture of rap. They started off together when you had So Icy. So Icy was a song where I feel like kind of divided them because you had egos and you had people feeling like they were bigger than the next man. Wasn't uh, that the beginning of, of their beef was around the, the So Icy song? Not really sure because there's other conversations where there were people who kind of divided them as well in conversation, like uh, Blue Da Vinci. Mm-hmm. There's a rumor that Blue Da Vinci was going back and forth and saying little things to both people at you know same time and stuff like that. But we can still say it probably started in the middle of that song, mm-hmm. but it really had things to do with other folks having their opinions being voiced and you know saying things about it um i will say this when we speak about the whole gucci and jeezy era of beef it never got better (laughs) we seen it go from basically disrespect to friendships to people being murdered and we've also seen it where they had a moment of conversation, but then that didn't go nowhere. Uh, in 2012, they actually had a conversation on the radio station where it was supposed to be kind of fixed. But then, of course, when Gucci got out of prison. But how did, how did it get to uh, murder? So, how did it get to murder? 
Well, the way it actually got to murder was because you have that song Stay Strapped when they had their little freestyles and Stay Strapped was where Gucci, had, I mean, not Gucci, I'm sorry, uh, Jeezy had said, hey, I got 10 racks on anybody who handles Gucci right now. And one of those guys was Pookie Loke. Pookie Loke, God rest his soul. He ended up being the one that got murdered from the situation. Uh, once Pookie Loke got murdered but how did from Pookie the Loke situation, get murdered? Well, he was the one that actually ran into the house where he was set up from the female, where Gucci thought it was just like, you know, one of those, you know, cat so, lights and stuff. So Gucci was chilling with a female. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, what's my man's name? Pookie Loke. Pookie Loke, he wasn't by himself, though, was he? Like, he ran No, it was another guy as well. The other guy, he's actually dead as well. That's, uh, that's Baby Blue. Baby okay. Blue is actually. Blue Da Vinci's brother, that's a part of BMF. So, um, Blue Da Vinci's brother, Baby Blue, and Pookie Loke run off in the house that Gucci is at, and he, you know, set up basically. Believe he was set up by a female, and um, Gucci, and you know, I don't know if anybody's heard the story, you know, in self defense, mm-hmm. you know, tussling, whatever, and shot my man and killed my man. Yeah. Okay. So, you have that, but then you also have. Where this this story would go on and on and on, but I will say this: once it got to the point where you felt like it was going to get to a peaceful, now so but you got to still go back to because there was the details about the legal aspect of that situation because that caused a problem for Gucci, right? The because you know he had to go to you know he had to take a real court run behind it. Well, yeah, I mean, he had that too, and then he also got, you know, X'd out of the rap game, period, because a lot of folks weren't really trying to deal with him, but what really hurt him the most wasn't the whole era of the Freaky Girl and all that, or the Black Tear, what really hurt him the most was really him trying to move past it, and no one could ever look at him outside of being a murderer, Mm -hmm. and when that happened, we... Kind of, I think that's when the streets actually took up for him and they were behind him as far as the folks and the fans. But that's where Jeezy had his little pump where people could look over that and say, hey, he's the bigger artist. So you're saying that Jeezy was the bigger artist and Gucci was having trouble kind of gaining traction after the killing situation. Yeah, of course, because and yeah, I guess you said people didn't want to fool with him because it's no, too much I mean, trouble. He, he got outcast immediately because of the whole thing of Gucci having no one behind his back, and then you also had where Jeezy had BMF. All right, so you you had to go into detail about BMF. BMF was very special. This is two thousand three all the way to two thousand six, where you had beyond just artists, as far as what they signed. You had artists that were just wait. So BMF, so BMF was a record label. BMF was beyond just a record label. So what? It, so you got to explain what is BMF. That's what I was saying. Like when it comes up to BMF, they had artists that was affiliated, but it was street oriented from ground up first. Uh, when you think about BMF, you think about Big Meech. You think about you know uh, Texas. I mean uh, his brother Southwest uh, T Southwest. You have, so they're the so they're the leaders of BMF. They are, are the, the are the originators of it. 
mm-hmm. when you think about leaders, it's kind of hard to really say because well, I'm just well, they're the head of being yeah. manipulated. So when you think about it though, in this retrospect of what they were trying to do, there was no leaders. Everybody was just a leader of their own. I mean, Big Meech had a conversation about that even on what's the uh, what was that. They had the little DVDs back in the days. Oh, like not not beef DVDs, but they're like it was in the same uh-huh. vein as though I remember. And he had about. one. And he was just talking about the way he used and runs his team. It was everybody their own bosses. Everybody has their own businesses. Everybody has their own money. So BMF was. I know you say it's more than a record label, but you still have to kind of. put Oh, it. I'm still in there. So you even still speak and discuss about the whole thing of BMF. BMF was a family first, and everything that came from the streets was something that came later. When you talk about the 2002, in well, 2003 up until the 2005 era, you're talking about guys who were walking around in neighborhoods telling guys, if you're not down with us, then there's no conversation at all. We will take over everything you're doing. So in, at this point, you're saying that, BMF operated more like a gang, in a sense, more mafia than a gang. Okay, that's even. That's I mean, the title, time. you know, Black Mafia Family, <laughs> made more sense than thinking about a gang. A gang is something where you have to fight for it. They didn't fight once. They decided, hey, this is what we're going to claim, and what you feel is what you feel. I thought BMF was blowing money fast. Wow. <laughs> 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 This is this is what happened when you get a Seattle girl on the podcast. Ooh, <laughs> so this whole time you thought well, we kept I talking. think I'm Big Meech. Larry Hoover. Big Meech was, Big Meech is who he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And he's the leader uh well not the song is called Blowing Money. He fast. was one of the originators to start BMF. I don't know about these gangs. Well look, you learning today. Exactly. See, even with that being said, there were other gangs that was actually involved with BMF. BMF had Bloods, they had Crips, they had GDs, they had all that little crazy stuff going on too. What it was that made them bigger was the fact that they could look beyond all those kind of things mm-hmm. and they could make sure that every man was eating, every family member was eating as far as how they labeled it, mm-hmm. you know, because this is BMF. And when they decided that, hey, we're going to move this way, not one person questioned it. So, and Jeezy was a member of BMF or had BMF protection. Carefully saying affiliated. All right. What I mean. What I mean. That's how he does it. Because you know, if you have that conversation with him I, right I, there, he'll never say he was. But well, he's not here. Everybody to knows he's not here to defend yeah. himself. So <laughs> yeah. But no. So so he's affiliated with BMF. Yes, sir. So I guess that would obviously mean that Gucci had problems with BMF, being that Jeezy is their guy, mm-hmm. and because um. The if you also like the old interviews, mm-hmm. um, like Rap City and things like that, they would talk crazy about each other. Uh, Gucci, what was that one? Yeah, with Mad Links. Yeah, man, he said, man, uh, they bring up Jeezy and Gucci, be like, man, I don't fuck with that fuck boy. <laughs> yeah, that fuck nigga, man, he pussy. You know, like, yeah. so this was like in the days of where you know beef was real, mm-hmm. not that uh, not this. Kind of pity, not because it's just rapping. Niggas yeah, want to just have a song sh- to get over. Not the next shady guy. shit back for because yeah. uh, Jeezy did the same thing. Yeah, and, you know they kind of they try to air it out. You know the their grievances and talking about like what because from what Jeezy said, he um he was a little uh so icy. Yeah, the problem was that Gucci or well from Jeezy's perspective, Gucci wanted so icy on Trap House. 
And Jeezy was like, nah, man, you know, it's on my shit. Right. And that was like the snowball of it. And then it was just a whole bunch of pussy niggas and fuck boys. And, <laughs> yeah. Know, just went from there. But so, okay. Um, what did Gucci go in for? Cause he's, he's a, when he, cause so you know he had the the shooting situation, uh-huh. and he got off of that, you know, off of you know self defense. Are you talking about when he went to jail after? Well, during the actual beef and stuff like yeah. that, he actually went to jail for a gun charge. Mm-hmm. And when he went in for a gun charge, this is way before he was going into the federal system. Mm-hmm. When he went through that, that's when he had went through the crazy situation where he kicked the girl out of the car and. You know, he was like, you know. So, well, so he uh, allegedly. Allegedly kicked the girl out of the car because she wouldn't give him no hit. That's the charge. Now, (laughs) hey, you know, we can't say because there was no. I think it was more of a violation because he was already on papers. So, it's not really a word of if it's true or not. It's more so of a, you weren't even supposed to be out here anyway. Right, right, right. Wilding, you on papers. We're going to take you right back in. Right. So, that's where we get into. You know, time passes or whatever. Gucci clone come out, um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that's why it's so crazy that this versus battle is happening because this was a real life. Gucci has said on several cases, "Fuck Jeezy, will never be cool. I don't fuck with him. Like fuck him for life." And now they got this versus thing going on and. I want to get like your opinion on do you believe that a situation like this can be so severe that do you believe enough time could pass or maybe an opportunity can present itself in which you would kind of put a beef of that nature behind you? So somebody died off of this. Oh, and this one just like somebody. This was a friend. This is Jeezy's real close friend. Like close friend. Yeah. Like so, it's not just a a guy in the same organization. Like this is tight man that died. Yeah. I I don't see this going well. Like I don't know who signed <laughs> off on this. Like this is not Monica and Brandy. Yeah. This is on a different level, and they're gonna be in the same room. I'm nervous. I'm sad. I have to work during the actual like live. <laughs> going of it but ooh I just I I, I don't see somebody their friend die I don't foresee and then Gucci's like making jokes about it mm-hmm. so that's making it worse like mm-hmm. and Jeezy's not saying anything so I don't know like there's a level of maybe they have matured or maybe but when somebody else is kind of still being petty I don't know it's kind of like you said though what is the maturity when you have one person making a joke about someone dying in the situation to me personally, I think they both rich enough where they could put that to the side for not. <clears throat> At first, I thought it was just about the culture. Now I thought about it too. Jesus has uh, the album coming out. You have Recession too, mm-hmm. which makes sense for him to do it. Mm-hmm. You got Gucci, who has a you know group of artists that he's still trying to promote within the So I See Volume One, and I'm pretty sure he's going to do something behind it as well. The new ten seventeen, right? So this might be more of a ploy of business more so than it is a thing for the culture, because that's what they kept saying over and over. This is for the culture of you know Southern this and the third. But I started thinking about it more and more. They're going to gain more benefit off of this being like okay for example how Rick Ross and Two Chains. 
premiered their new singles on mm-hmm. their verses. Right. They may not do the same thing technically, but they're going to make sure that whatever they're a part of is going to get the same vision, you know, as far as ideal or how they can promote it and the things that they stand for to make, you know, revenue for the background later. So this might actually be something where they're looking at it like, hey, I can win from here. You can win from here. You know, we may not like each other, but money comes first. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that there's no way as fuck I will try to help somebody make a dime if you didn't kill my homeboy. And but and I believe Gucci is on the same type of time. So I'm honestly feeling like Gucci is making another play. Like I feel like he's going to get in here and really disrespect Jesus. <laughs> matter of fact, um, oh, I, I should have pulled it up earlier, but hold on. Let me. Let, I'm gonna play what Gucci said earlier oh, about God. Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. Me and Snow will be in the same room, but this is what I want to know, right? Is fashion a part of the verses? Cause I'm gonna have that shit on tomorrow. And the brother had the same fun ass shirt and the dumb ass hat he had on the goddamn album cover. I ain't doing it. <laughs> so, I'm saying, and this is like today is the day before yeah the verses and he already coming out swinging like jokes like disrespectful jokes so i think he might do that straight though the wildest shit if gucci get in this bitch and start playing diss tracks man if he play truth yeah oh my gosh Dog. We, what so, was that on trap god he had uh he was like Cause he said something about that was the one where it came with that meme. It was like Ash your dead homie, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He say shit like Gucci there. Oh yeah, Gucci that kind of person, man. So, yeah. um, I mean, we gonna see, we gonna see. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a funny one. But the funny, the other funny thing about it was, you know, initially it was Ti and Jeezy. Yeah. So. <laughs> How do you think the conversation went when Timberland and Swiss had to tell T.I. like, hey, man, um, about this versus we supposed to be doing, we're going to go in another direction. <laughs> like, I foresee it being like when you've been dating a guy and he pops up on the timeline married. Like, what if they didn't go to the like, like, you know, like, now when did you go to the so like, Hey, look, T.I. been just refresh the verse page. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's real though. He the call Swiss like, hey, this is preposterous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flabbergasted. I'm jumping on this expeditiously. Like, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Man, I don't know, man. I I don't know how T.I. found out, man. Like, they could have called him beforehand. Good. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about it too, though. Because the person who set it up was just P, the one that owns QC. And then you have Coach K that's involved. Coach K is Jeezy. Wait, P and Coach K set it up? Yeah. Oh. What happened was P contacted Gucci last minute and was like, yo, you know, this is important. You know what I mean? People want to see this. Because folks were talking about it in Atlanta, like, you know, in uh, captions, memes, et cetera. Because they kept saying, yo, this T.I. Jeezy thing is cool, but we really want to see Gucci Gucci versus Jeezy. I mean, even the dude was like, yo, I remember, uh, what was the name, Moneybag, some, uh, the one that's cool with, uh, was it DC? 
Our money back mafia. Yeah, that nigga said, hey, that nigga T.I. got to battle Jesus. <laughs> He's like, who got to battle, G-? you know, Gucci? I mean, who got to battle Jesus? Gucci. He was like, mm-hmm. everybody in Atlanta want that. And I realized that, like, even living out there as I was younger, that it, it's deeper than the beef. It was the type of music they were making for their era. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's why I said, like, people don't remember Black T to his fullest for real. You know what I mean? Like, my black yeah, like that shit was real team. deal. Like, niggas was listening to that and was taking it to heart. But right. anyway, that was the original Black Force energy. Yeah, that was <laughs> like when you knew a nigga was going to rob you for real. Talking about Black Forces, have y'all heard this DJ Luke Nasty sample? They're going to hell. <laughs> uh, hey, do, you have pull- do I have it pulled up? Who has it pulled up? Somebody sent it to me, and I just was like, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nah, I know he got it on his page, the the, the audacity. You ready? Yeah. How about to make him? <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> Run for cowboy. So DJ Luke Nasty then took his black ass into the studio <laughs> Sunday after after offering and said, you know what? I'm gonna take melodies from heaven, put a little bop on it, and like make this into a booty club banger. Like you're literally like the the picture is a stripper on the front, and you're talking about throwing money probably in a strip club off a gospel song. I've heard of people taking secular music and turning it into gospel music, but I feel like the opposite does not, like, you can't do that. You can't. You cannot do that. So this is the first time this has been done, though, as we can remember? So, okay, in this in this form, I would say yes. Okay. Because Wale um, used the Mississippi Mass Choir for Sue Me, but in this song, it's you know, sue me, I'm rooting for everybody black. It's more of a positive song and it's not it's it's a dope sample. It's mm-hmm. extremely fire. I get it. So where does Jesus Walk say to this? But Jesus Walks it that's not a, a was, gospel sample though. No, I mean, where does it stand on the, the, the whole thing of having an actual mass gospel choir, having, you know, people sing, you know, the, the the ideal of gospel and speaking, I guess you could say in terms. And okay. Then, okay. We want to put a pin in that. Okay. Because we want to take, because that's a little different. Okay. But I want to flush out the blasphemy feeling in this. Okay. 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 And April is our resident saint. Go ahead. So, <laughs> like, I just feel like for to take a gospel song. Especially Kirk Franklin. If you know me personally, you know I love Kirk Franklin. Especially like old school Kirk Franklin. So to hear a gospel song and then it be a like song that played in the strip club, <laughs> I just cannot get with it at all. Like y'all, I ain't gonna say you're going to hell because I can't put you anywhere. 
But I'm just saying that if you stand in that line, <laughs> that's your business. Like, don't be surprised when you get to them gates and God be like, uh uh-uh. uh. Hey, yeah. look like DJ Luke Nasty gonna be walking up to the pearly gates. Look at St. <laughs> Peter, and he's gonna hold up his phone, his iPhone 37, and play, <laughs> and, play and be like, "This you?" <laughs> like that's what I be thinking. Like this generation is so comfortable with hell and blasphemy, it blows my mind. Um, what's my man name? The young boy, uh, what like uh, Playboy Cardi. Yeah, you, know, you remember he used to have um in his shows like upside down crosses and a cross with a with a cross with a line through it all tatted with on him. Yeah, along with little Uzi yeah. Bird and I'm not even gonna lie. When Beyonce was talking about she was on Demon Time, I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how to follow that, did you? No, I don't yeah. like this. Uh, I don't know, man. It's um. Uh, I don't like the way the the culture is going. Like they they really think God is a joke. They yeah. really think, like okay, he might he gonna have the last laugh. <laughs> Literally, well, hold on. I want to roll back to what Jay was saying, um, because it also makes me think of you were talking about having choirs and stuff in music, and it makes mm-hmm. me think about um Kanye's whatever the, the Jesus Walk. Huh? No, no, no. Well, Jesus well, Walk. I use that as an example. But yeah. I was saying he had the uh quote unquote gospel album, uh Jesus oh, King yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Jesus is King. Nigga didn't listen because I mean, <laughs> I I couldn't I couldn't do it. I tried. So your original question was how do we feel about bringing in gospel elements into music? Well. Personally, I don't find a problem with that. Like I don't mind having choirs in a part of songs or you know because really what you're doing is just you using their collective talent mm-hmm. okay so i i mean that's their prerogative about if they believe that what they're doing is wrong or not but just because you're using their vocal abilities for music i don't i don't personally have a problem with that i don't either i think that a lot of people put churchy things i feel like certain things like choirs and things like that are only supposed to be for the church house but god is supposed to be everywhere so if you take a choir and put it behind a song i i don't get with what what's his name dj luke nasty Uh yeah i'm not with that but if you i'm not against kanye and like the jesus walk type thing where you put music behind your or put a choir behind what you're doing Mm. I like Jesus is King too. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I mean, because also you think about what was the song Drake had with uh, Rick Ross and a song. Remember? Do you remember that was on the one that had only on camera? Was it Take Care? I love that album, but I don't know what song. Take Care. You but you remember the song you had with Ross though, right? With the um, choir that was in the background with I just keep, Blaze. I keep thinking about uh, J Cole had that song with the choir on. Uh, uh, I'm a born sinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about. Uh, Go ahead, keep going though. I'm talking about the song though that Drake had with Rick Ross. He had a real actual gospel choir that song. Well, just Blaze brought in because he couldn't get the sample approved because it came from an actual sample song. And I guess what I'm Lord asking, knows. Lord knows, what I'm asking is, is there limitations to how you use gospel artists? Or is there a limitation on how you use gospel music? 
gospel artist slash gospel music because Kanye has brought in like hell Kanye brought in yeah. Kirk Franklin on uh was Ultra Light Bean mm-hmm. uh which I love that song um hmm hmm y'all are their limitations like it's I feel like there's there probably are some soft moral limitations mm-hmm. because I believe you have to if you're going to be an artist of that specific genre you have to be really careful where you put your talent exactly because it's no longer about your brand. It's about your following. Mm-hmm. You know, your the brand that you have is due to your following. Exactly. So other artists, all they're worried about is their brand. Like, does this make sense for me? Does this, me working with this artist, is it mutually beneficial? Do mm-hmm. will my fans get it? Is it is it going to look right? But when you're a gospel artist, you're taking potentially followers of, your I don't use the term your word, but follows of your word and almost handing them over to the to the vocals of somebody else. And that's a level of responsibility that you have, I feel like, as an artist. I'm I'm just real not big on putting people in boxes necessarily. Yes, like a gospel artist, I feel like you should <clears throat> respect the morals and do things that are right and that you feel comfortable with and that you feel are okay for what you're doing. But mm-hmm. also if a gospel artist feels that it is okay to work with a secular artist on a song and it's not one, like this rain song. No, like I, <laughs> I, I don't foresee an artist being like, yeah, you know what? That's going to mm. give God glory. No, but if the song, you know, the kingdom is everywhere. Do you have, um, I guess I'll say, blocks are mental walls that you put up for let's say an artist of questionable morals making gospel music somebody like you know r kelly has a gospel album and me personally fire i love it one of my favorites i don't i don't think that i can say whoo I don't have a problem with it. Now, it is, it's hard for people to understand, I think, sometimes, depending on where you are with um, your, in your life, in your relationship with God or your religion, whatever. Um, I'm not going to lie. If Meg the Stallion said tomorrow she was dropping a gospel album, I'd be like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'd be like, well, well sis. But, um, but at, the, at the same time, same time though, <laughs> you could not skip by that though. You hit the whole alley. like communion, queen, communion. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Not communion. Uh. Oh my god! <laughs> you really tried to walk all over the alley. Like, oh no, 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 no! Big old saint. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're... <laughs> uh, keep going, keep going. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, big old saints. Uh, big mama, big old saints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm away from the scripture. <laughs> well, you're over here giving bars right now. Like, yo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Nah, you felt that one, though, did Big old saints. Uh, <laughs> name of this episode, Big Old Saints. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! 
That's hilarious. <laughs> you got one. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. I have to gather my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Oh, man. Okay. But all once right. again, I don't want to put people in the box. I do feel like, you know, I'm not opposed to R. Kelly's gospel album. I'm not opposed to um, Kanye West's gospel album. If Meg did one, I'd really like to hear how she would swing that. But mm-hmm. if you know me, I don't like gospel rap like that. So there's that. Uh, gospel rap is. God, it's trash. It's terrible. Like, I, I, I'm not a big fan. That's why I like old school Kirk. Like the them them two thousands gospel artists, they were happy. Dog, Stomp happy was Stomp was almost like a rap, rap song. Like, <laughs> like I like was that thing on one oh six in Park? I feel like it was. Nah, that was that was it was somewhere around there. Like it made it made like regular TV though. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, but all right, so <laughs> DJ Luke Nasty. <laughs> just saying his name and then mentioning right. the song. It just feels no, wrong. Did Kirk approve that? Though? I was just going to say, like, imagine him calling Kirk and being like, hey, Kirk, uh, <laughs> this is uh, DJ Luke Nasty. And, um, you know, Melodies from Heaven, I'm going to need that, my boy. Like, I don't know, bro. You gonna that got to be a SoundCloud only release because ain't no way he going to be able to make money off of that. Man. Look, church is about to be stomping all on his CDs. <laughs> <laughs> they going to treat them niggas like Snoop Dogg in 93, bro. Dang. All right, so okay. it was this other thing that we talked It was this other thing that we talked about. Um, This uh one woman had a, uh, she played this series of, of videos that she put on her story mm. on IG. <laughs> and it ignited a interesting conversation amongst the black car production crew. Uh, so we're going to play it for y'all. It's three swipes on IG. So y'all know the idea of the length of it, but it's <laughs> worth it. Let me see where I put that shit at. I just had it in my favorites on Running through church like a Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> pass around, pastor here, hot potato. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go, y'all. Everything 
Y'all even be, y'all be on some of these one-on-ones. Y'all don't even really be knowing these niggas to want to be locked in 100%. Then when y'all get in the relationships, you want to feel some type of way because the nigga is requiring odd things of you. Bitch, what well, he wants you, you should have before you was running around here hollering. Leave them other hoes alone. You supposed to be with me. Stop texting her. Stop. Y'all don't be knowing the half. When I say stuff like this, y'all get real offended. But this is nothing but cold, hard facts that your mammy didn't teach you. <laughs> that was, uh... <laughs> Damn, who is she? Oh... That was uh from Love Dorsey at L O V E <clears throat> underscore Dorsey D O R S E Y. April as a black woman, <laughs> what's what's your opinion? I mean, honestly, I really don't care what she has to say. Um, when you sent it to us, my first reaction was just it, it was very pick me ish. Um, when we think about relationships and things and just dealing with men i feel that sometimes guys will make us feel or we will in a sense settle for what the man wants so if we don't feel like we can keep up with whatever he has going on or if he wants to have multiple people we'll just in our mind say you know i got a guy so i'm gonna be okay with it yeah he can have multiple chicks because yeah no i can't keep up with it like no, there is someone out there who who's not going to think like that. So I, I just feel like she dealt with a dude that told her that he couldn't, she couldn't be his only because she wasn't enough. And based on that video. Well, mm. Jay, do you have anything to add before I kind of. I'm going to take, take it somewhere so you can. I, I don't know. know, I, know. I, I don't know if that's really what she was saying, though. Like, good. Hold on. Let me get get back okay, in it because cool. that go was ahead, kinda, go ahead, go ahead. so. What is she saying? There was the greater portion of which I heard, or I want to say the emphasis, uh, was really on do women take into account what it requires from them to be this man's woman? Because mm-hmm. that is what I kind of really heard that I felt like. Was was what she was trying to get across. A woman can see a man like, oh, I want that man, and she she specifically said, women don't take the time out to try to figure out what kind of demons this man has. She used the term demons, mm-hmm. but basically saying like the complexities of that man, and want him to be A B C X Y Z. But is she taking into account the things that he's requiring of her, and is she trying to fulfill those requirements? Mm-hmm. I've been taking into account what it takes to be with a woman. Man. I know that's not the conversation, but it's just like, it's always, it's always, that's always the conversation. Is a woman enough for a man? But it's never the opposite. I don't think it's the term. I don't, I don't want to use the term enough because it implies that you are less than. Right. It's, I think it's more so about, are you the better, are you being the best fit that fit. you can be? Yeah. I don't think it's about enough, like of quantity. I think it's about this his complexities or can you feel his voice the same way he feels the voice in which you are requiring from him? Because mm-hmm. for you to even get to this next level of thought in a relationship, you've already assessed what he has. You've already looked at his physicality. You've already looked at his potential pay increase. You know what kind of money he's going to make. You already looked at his family, seeing what kind of husband or father he's going to be. So, but it, she's kind of flipping the responsibility 
As in, are you looking at him and what he's gone through or what he's used to? And are you trying to fill those voids in which he's looking for in you? Ooh, you said a lot. Hmm. That's can be no. Hmm? That's can be no. Like if you, if no you don't right feel answer. like, yeah. I mean, if you don't feel like you, if you don't feel like women do that, or you do, do you feel like you do that? Let me, let me start by saying there. Do I go and assess a man's demons and stuff when I meet him? I mean, him? not necessarily. She said demons. Like he said, it's not necessarily. You don't I mean, have to I use that term. I can have demons. I think people can have those, but okay. Or, or we can use it in this situation. Uh, people have the issue of uh, frequency of sex comes mm-hmm. into play. And that, you know, we hear that kind of frequently when it comes to people in their rough patches of their relationship. And one of her things like, did you assess his requirements of frequency of sex before you required him to lock you down in just you? Mm-hmm. Like you required his monogamy before you assessed, were you able to fulfill the things that he needed? Aren't relationships about sacrifice, though? <laughs> oh, oh, oh <laughs> <laughs> now niggas got to no, lose around it. No, 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 but I'm saying, though, like, but also, it, it, to me, it goes both ways. It goes, if I'm looking from one perspective to fulfill a man, is my man looking from his perspective to how he can fulfill me? Like, it's two way street, right? Or is it just we're just okay? Now, what I'm taking from what you just said, you're said aren't relationships about sacrifice, but the question asked to you was about you and your accountability for effort. What your response to me sounds like is that hey, I'm gonna be bringing what I want to bring. And those voids that aren't filled, he's going to have to try to figure out how to work around that. That's his sacrifice to make. But the question in which he put was about the effort from you. I just would also like to caveat this where I am a single connoisseur. You've been in a relationship before. No, don't use that single cop out. That ain't working on this That's not fair. It's not fair? No. No. How? You're the only woman in the room. I know this. And you've been in relationships. You've been with men. It's not it's, it's not a foreign idea to you. You 100% have all the qualifications to answer these questions. Yeah. Now, just because old girl that painted you in the corner. No, she ain't. I mean, I told you, I don't. When I first heard that, I was just like, okay, pick, pick me. Pick me. But, but it, I don't. This Okay. Look, if we break down piece by piece everything she said, there may be pieces of it that. I can understand. Well, why can't you say that instead of calling her a pick me? Why can't you say she has a point? Why can't, why literally, why can't it be, she might be putting y'all, I'm using y'all generally. Why can't it be her putting y'all on game? The simple fact that y'all yeah. are in so much agreement with it. <laughs> well, you mean the two men are talking about men that we're agreeing? Yeah. So that kind of makes us right. I'm saying the, the conversation of what you're even speaking on, like there's a difference between, uh, you know, sacrificing and compromising. Compromising is something that you have to have a conversation with any significant partner, with your knowing the willings of compromising and the knowing of sacrifice. Like, sacrifice is something where it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Compromise is a, okay, let's see what we can meet in the middle where I can make you happy and make sure that we don't destroy what we have built 
today so we can make sure that both of us are walking away with a smile on our face. I feel like a lot of women have a problem with that initially at first. With compromise? Yeah. Because they don't know the expectations of the man when they compromise first. They don't know the expectations of the man when they compromise. Because once you compromise with the man and then you don't get what you want from it, it's like, why did I compromise with him from the beginning? This could probably all lead back to communication. True. Because men, like... If we're going to talk about compromising and what we're going to compromise, are you communicating? Like, are you communicating the things that you need? Or am I just supposed to be out here telepathically understanding like, okay, he needs this. He needs that. I see what you're doing. What I, see, doing? I see exactly <laughs> what, what you're doing. I see right through you. You, you, you kind of try <laughs> okay, to take Nikki. what he said and backstroke your way like, nah, nigga still ain't, still ain't communicating. The, oh, yeah. the initial, bringing it right back around. You ain't running from it. Yeah. was about you or women's effort in understanding the requirements that it will take mm-hmm. to be with the men that they want. Because it seems as though being a man that is a, hey, I want you and this is who I am. You need to kind of learn how to accept this person because this is who I'm going to be. So how do, how do I or any woman understand what a man's needs are does he come do i do i ask and he communicates that or is it do i just learn him because it's communication i think it's a i think it's a a balance of both honestly yeah because everyone every man isn't just going to wear their in essence their heart on sleeve or their insecurities on their sleeve Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you will have to, of course, it is the man does have responsibility to communicate his needs, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, you have to be receptive to a, I need to figure out this void in his life that he's not really satisfied with me at and work on that and fulfill him in this void. That takes conscious effort on, you know, saying the woman's part, yeah. because I give y'all credit, women, y'all bitch moan and complain all day long but you get what you want in the end a man can't really say that he doesn't understand because I, I even say this it's really hard to tell your partner hey i'm not happy in this area you know mm-hmm. what i mean because as a man you don't want her to feel less than mm-hmm. you are happy in the majority but if you give her one thing to make her feel like it's triggering her that she's not doing right for you it can mess up a lot and when you know that in your mental, you have to, you're, you're strategizing when it shouldn't be a strategy. It should be a, hey, let's both of us come together and have this. But it can't really happen that way because the the thought of it first is to take it personal. Right. And it's always happened that way. I'll give you an example that just men in general kind of, I hear speak about a lot, especially they've been in like long, long-term Terms, relationships. Yeah is uh it's not even just sex it's the the effort of sex or the spontaneity of sex sex that wasn't uh stops being an adventure or even men say they don't want to have to ask for sex all the time because if you think about it when you first start a relationship y'all niggas fucking on the couch fucking on the wash machine you know, you come in with lingerie. I don't like lingerie, but, you know, come in with lingerie and all these things. So women say, you know, the same thing you do to get a woman, you got to do to keep her, all that shit. But same. it's it's the Men same, it's the same concept. Too. But 
men have a certain fear of they can't just say they want sex more because that can turn it has the possibility of turning to well, he's that's not all a, it's about. That's all it's about. He's not attracted to mm. me anymore. Is he out cheating? And no man wants to be under the fire of speculation of cheating because that's just right. going to ruin a lot of your days to come. Mm-hmm. That's the man spill. I mean, the same way, like I said, a woman wants to feel desired, a man wants to feel desired in some kind of way, but it's the way that you bring an approach. Like, just, just the small shit that you were saying in the earlier aspects. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to be fucked every time, but I want to feel like you want to fuck me every time you see me. You know what I mean? Like that, that nigga that, preacher. That's some shit that's where some, that's some real. Mm, sh- hey, I hope y'all heard that. I feel like you need to run that back. You don't have to fuck every time, but I want to feel like you want to fuck me every time you see me. Mm. And we gonna put a pin in on that. <laughs> hey, I don't even need your response. But I do want your response on this one, though. I don't, okay, so you making this? She making this ugly ass face. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's because of the thought of fucking Jay. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, <laughs> she like fuck Jay every day. <laughs> now I gotta now I gotta comb my hair and shit and talk to my mom. So <laughs> speaking of turnoffs, <laughs> we were oh, talking God. earlier, man, about turnoffs. When it comes to like being out here on the dating scene and shit like that, and like there are some things that are just absolutely like non-negotiable, immediate turnoffs. So, April, what are some of your when a nigga come around your way, maybe in the DMs, maybe at the bar, maybe you know meet? But what's one thing where you just see it and you, or are you here and you like, oh fuck, no. Um. Okay. So first, you know, first thing you see is appearance. Mm-hmm. So if they're out here looking wild. And I mean, if it's like if we're out in public, and your shoes are just dirty, <laughs> look old, your nails look like you've been scratching the ground, and your hair is just doing whatever, I, no. So if a nigga got his shoes, shoe game right, mm-hmm. nails clean, got the fresh fade, he kind of like passed the first like physical barrier or the first mm-hmm. appearance barrier. Okay. Jay, what's your like? We'll do we'll do it like that. We'll do we'll do physical. What's your what's your physical immediate turn off for you? Like, oh fuck no. Attire with women because there are certain things women should not wear. Like what? I mean, like when your man, look, y'all gonna make me an asshole, but it's fine. Assholes exist. Look, when your stomach looking like a balled up piece of homework and you walking around with a tube top and I'm looking at you like, oh nah, that ain't it. Like well, why are we doing that? You know, that's strike one. Because mm. I feel like a woman should know how to dress appropriately for how they're... Because it's just like fat niggas. Y'all see us all the time. I'm like, boy, that nigga know better. Mm. I know what to wear. You know? But, okay. yeah, that... Uh, I'll say hair. Because if you don't know how to do anything with your hair at all, it's a big question mark. <laughs> women can just buy it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, well, we have a daughter. Well, you have that. Uh, hey, I'm telling you, I know because I experienced it with having my first one, and it was like I have to go and actually find someone to pay get the hair done because the mom don't know how to do hair. Mm-hmm. It's not a disrespect or nothing like that. Just the truth, you know. Mm-hmm. Like you can't do yours. I know you damn sure can't do my child. Yeah. And then she can't put pigtails. I promise you, I love her to death. As a, don't a talk really about good person. You, you know. 
Yeah. Oh, I know how to do hair, so it's a difference. I stopped okay. doing my daughter's hair because she said that, Daddy, I want to be able to have someone to do it. And I'm like, fine. Now. Her hair was okay at one point, though. <laughs> when? When y'all, I did it. Y'all made, if I say, you were talking about the mom? I'm saying, no, I'm saying she, no, not her. I'm saying if you don't know how to do hair. Okay. Like, that is a thing that I can notice, though. Like, okay. you will, you know, you know women can make sure they can keep up with whatever they pay for. But once that's done, you notice the difference. You get what I'm saying? So. Now, once them goddamn, once them braids <laughs> under that wig start yeah. going out a little more. And then when you start seeing fuzzy. that wig start slipping back, and then you notice that ain't the real split on the side. Like. Things like that, you notice. Know, I think it's called a closure. Ain't that the closure? That's split. Whatever. <laughs> closure. Hey, I, it ain't meant for me to really know, though. You know, that's not my job to know the title of it. So, and I said the last thing, um, hygiene. So, that, that's what they got to smell to? <laughs> I mean, just being able to smell well. Like, you know oh, what like, I mean? Like, that's something I'm really big on. Like perfumes and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Not, not just let me put it. When a man smells really good, like that is an that is a plus plus plus. Mm-hmm. Like you got that right cologne on that you paid some good money for, mm-hmm. amen. And I grew up with women. Jalen Hurst needs so. to come out with a cologne. That would probably be like a bit like a dope marketing <laughs> plan for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna have to text out. But all right, you good over there, yeah, bro? I'm Gucci. Good. Right. Three for your boy. Um, I just spent a lot of money. And a lot of time on my teeth. I done had so many teeth pulled. I done had braces. I got Invisalign right now. You're right. I look at teeth and it's not a, t- it's not, it's not a dead and gone. Cause we, we can get braces and stuff. We can work that out. Yeah. But it's like, we're going to have to work on that at some point in time. We're not just going to be okay with these. First impression though. I get you. Yeah, so we're like, okay, okay. And you know, and there, there, there's, le- there's varying levels, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got a little crooked here and there, a little gap, whatever. A little, little overbite. Whatever, you know what I'm saying? You can't do nothing for that. But um, this is kind of a weird one for you, boy. I don't have like too many other ones, but this is like a real one. It's a strong one. Have I ever told y'all that I have this thing about the way somebody holds a spoon <laughs> or a fork? <laughs> I've never heard it. I'm pretty sure she My knows. Nigga. The way that you properly hold a, f- a fork or a spoon mm-hmm. is you hold it like a pencil. Yeah, I know. You know, underneath your index, between your middle finger, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen several people hold like a fork or a spoon, like grip it and shovel it. Into like women? Yeah. Wow. Bruh, and it like drives me insane and it blows my mind. I was like, I don't know what cave woman you are. <laughs> yeah. But... This is one thing I can't get over. And so I remember for the longest, I wouldn't even go to like restaurants for a first date. It's like, I need to like you a little bit just in case you're one of those grippers. Yeah. That's different. All right. So we passed physical and fork holding. Okay. Um, so what about like on a deeper level? Like let's say, you know, past physical appearance is like the immediate turnoff for you, April. Okay. So another one for me. Is the arrogance of the uglies like like have you okay? You said you said arrogance of the uglies. Yes. So like, imagine you're sitting there minding your own business, and you get a DM from somebody. Mm -hmm. You open said DM, okay, and you don't even necessarily open it, but you go to his profile to see what he looked like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's almost offensive to be like, "Sir, you thought you (laughs) 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 like you could do what to who?" 
I, I, <laughs> it'd be the audacity. And, and it's, they, they, or even in person, like how a man kind of talks, it's just like that arrogance to me. Mm-hmm. Not too much that, air in his chest. Yeah, too, too much dip on his chip or something. <laughs> I'm just looking like, no, it's, that really bothers me. Like See. that arrogance. I mean, arrogance in any man is is annoying. But then, like when you look at them and you really look like, no, nah, you ain't got no room. See, he ain't had nobody tell him he was medium ugly when he was younger. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody set that tone in his life. They shooting him. Go ahead. <laughs> is that is that all you got on the flower? Um, also, super clingy people, or like people that like move mm. really really fast. So, like, I've had times where I've met people. I met a guy on a Sunday evening, and by Tuesday he was asking, "What are we?" Mm. And he also told me that like he cut everybody else off from me, and I'm like, well, "Why'd you do that?" <laughs> it's only been two days. Like I'm sure they'll be fine, but like, call, him, call <laughs> yeah. him back. Call him back to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but that that really threw me because that's really fast. Mm-hmm. No. Do you get that often? Like I feel like in the dating scene, like some people uh, try to hurry up and you know lock people down for you know at least make claim to who they want so do you find do you come across that often i feel like women do more than men too yes i do i i do find it too not not super often for me but it's happened a few times where somebody tries to like put that that's that claim the mm-hmm. stake in the claim is that what it is claim the stake what the fuck are you talking about? You ain't never heard she's that saying, saying. Yeah, I, I know what she's talking claim about. This is one time I actually know what you mean. Claim yeah. the stake. I don't know if that's the exact term. Where's stake? But Where are we at? She's, like, who got a stake? Basically, like, you know, when you, when you <laughs> see... <laughs> what the fuck is stake? <laughs> I, I didn't hear the stake part, but I did. The, uh, yeah, Longhorn? Like, <laughs> you're saying basically, like, when you see something, you're claiming it so on nobody else. Like, oh, stake your claim. You stake your claim. There we go. Oh. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't think of it. I, I can't like, think of it, but I yeah. I feel like it's backwards. Yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking, I'm like, who the, where the fuck is state come from? I ain't gonna lie, this time I got you, though, that time. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so, you got any one of those immediate turnoffs, like a little bit deeper than, or other than physical? Mine ain't too different than hers, though. Mm-hmm. The clinging part is very scary. Uh, I have one right now that I'm really trying to figure out. And well, she just found out. Right. I don't. I, I don't care. I mean, that's that's a hint. <laughs> Strike one. Oh, uh, whatever. We're going to communication. But, yeah. Mister Bitches handling his bitches. All right. <laughs> April D. Listen, this is not. No, go ahead. Anyway, yeah. But. <laughs> nah, I mean, go ahead, Mister Bitches. <laughs> Mrs. Oh, niggas, really? Mrs. Niggas over here keep interrupting. I know, right? Like, uh, she knows she got him. Uh, clingy. Uh, Who clingy? Uh, no, not you. I'm saying you uh, got the clingies. Like, oh, <laughs> Damn, calm down, Mrs. Niggas. Oh. <laughs> you trying not, to offer you a compliment? I do not have. Take it back. I do not have. Take back your compliment. Uh, she, she ain't Mrs. Niggas no more. I, I've never been that. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, but nah, I mean, like clean women. She got, are, she got listeners. Uh, That's why she goes. Like, she like, she like, damn, them good morning taste go cut Said this nigga bird talk too damn much. I ain't never gonna be able to watch Power again. Uh-huh. <laughs> we do realize the account that I watched like Power in. Like we don't talk at all anymore. No, nah, so so, power, so stars don't y'all don't talk at all. That's the one that ghosted me. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But you still in the account, right? 
Yes, that's like the only account when I switched to my iPhone 12 Pro Max. That was the only account that like logged in with no problem. Problem. Said, yeah. Uh, no, it God. was crazy when I got my iPhone 12 that uh tap 12s. Look, I'm 11. I'm good. Uh, another bird thing. I had this weird situation that I didn't know. This was an immediate turn off for you, boy. But um, I remember I took this a uh, way long time ago. I took this girl on a date. We went to, uh, you remember a couple of everything was downtown. There was a mm-hmm. coffee spot. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Love that spot. Cups of coffee. We sat down and we started talking. And as we were conversing, I realized that she was agreeing with everything I was saying. <laughs> Yeah. And bruh. That's the runaway. Me being me, I know. I say some wild ass shit. Yeah. Like I am a one of one kind of guy. Sometimes I'm not even sure if I believe what I'm saying. Like I ain't got a hashtag yet. And then I remember it was some like big national story, right? Mm-hmm. That was going on. Like let's say even like Black Lives Matter. It wasn't Black Lives Matter because it was before that. But it was some big national story and I asked her about it. She had no clue what I was talking about. Like, I had to fill her in on all the details. And I'm just like, man, what rock are you living under? And it, <laughs> and I kind of was thinking in the back of my mind, like, are you dumb? Are you just hiding it really well? And you just, like, piggybacking on my, you know, stance just to kind of fill in the gaps. So I was like, nah, this is it. This is over. She was cute and everything, man. Oh, and she ain't have on no heels. That bothered me <laughs> to the court. Ugh, First yeah. day. Rule. Wear heels. Please. I don't like unless you're high. Unless you're walking around. No, nah, they gotta wait. be high. Hold on. Oh, you what said the they gotta f- be high? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold wait, on. wait, wait. You gotta have high? Fuck you. What the f- hell's fucking yeah? Okay. Go ahead. Look. This ain't first Sunday. <laughs> I'm the, the Usher heels. Exactly. I ain't said that either. Exactly. Heels. Exactly. I'm saying they ain't got to be red bottoms. Like, you know. At the church of Meg Stallion. <laughs> I don't know. That was that was some of our man immediate turnoffs, man. Um, y'all, if y'all have any immediate turnoffs that we didn't cover that you think are like obvious or even some weird ones like me. Be sure to send them in. We'll uh, try to put them in a post. Though. We might say it in a later episode or something like that. But now we're going to head into our Big Joker for the week. Go ahead, April. So, as you guys know, the Big Joker for the week is the black business that we are shouting out. And this week is going to be Beyond Glamorous Beauty. Beyond Glamorous Beauty Company came to life in 2018 by the way of master hairstylist, salon owner, and healthy hair enthusiast, V Shepherd. Her passion for healthy hair and beautifying women started at a young age. She formulated the Glam and Grow Healthy Hair System. Since then, she has helped thousands of women fall back in love with their hair natural hair, including herself. To get your hands on her products, visit her website at www.beyondglamorousbeautycosmetics.com and follow her on Instagram at beyondglamorousbeautyco. All right, that was our big joker for the week. Man, so Thanksgiving is around the corner. Literally. It snuck up. It did. Still hot outside, kind of sometimes, kind of chilly. You know, but this is also the time, talking about, uh, you know, cuffing season last week, we got... Holiday Bay. Because mm. everybody that got cuffed, everybody that made the first round of cuffs, mm-hmm. hey, you got your first game coming up. Yeah. It's the opening game. It's basketball tournament. Right, exactly, man. You got, you know, Thanksgiving. So it's interesting when you have to bring somebody new mm-hmm. around the family. Everybody might present as, you know, 
well educated, you know, well spoken, whatever. But yeah. Every, but you know that that wild ass part of the family that you know just couldn't get the GED right. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know everybody got them all that that uncle that you can't leave your purse around. Yeah. Jay, you ever brought a girl home uh, for Thanksgiving? Nah, I've always been the one to go to their house. I've really ever had any like crazy like uh stories about uh going to their house for the first time. I've had like yeah, I mean I've had one cousin like real deal try to test me and see like where like test my gangster in a sense, I guess you could say. I hate to use that term, but literally that's what happened. You know, showing me big ass guns and mm. smoking weed all in front of me, trying to smoke me out the goddamn car because I was just really trying to go to the gas station to give me like some beer and shit like uh. that. But they done smoked me out the goddamn car, showed me a whole bunch of big guns, got a big ass half of a bottle of fifth Hennessy just drunk up. And, like, answering phone calls that are ignorant as fuck. And, like, I'm sitting there, like, I know this is a test. I cannot budge. If I budge, I know they finna come at me and say, like, oh, no, you don't fuck with that nigga. He's a lame-ass nigga. But I ain't never had nothing, like, outrageous as far as, like, folks, uh, like, touching me or nothing. But I have had, like, that Q&A, like, you Mm -hmm. know, without it being said, just knowing it's being done, though. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting there, like, come on, folks, like... You know, my whole nose and nostrils burning out of here. <laughs> I'm mad because I'm like, shorty, you could have gave me the advance. But, yeah. you know, hey, you deal with it, it is what it is. Hey, but I know you said that you always, uh, you go to a lot of friends' houses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever brought anybody home? No. Oh, that's not, is that no. not a thing? Like, literally, first of all, we're in Alabama. My family's in Washington and Oregon. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes home from with me, like mm-hmm. that's it. Like, just so you know. So if you make it to Seattle or Oregon, like that's it. Hey, uh, Mr. Clingy Man, you got a new goal. If you can make it, <laughs> Mr. Clingy Man, <laughs> if you can make it to Seattle, you won. There is no Clingy Man in my life right now. Well, other than uh, France, have you ever been to um, Thanksgiving with a boo? All right, no. no. Mm. I have never, and it's funny because, like, on paper. I'm the girl you would want to bring home. Mm-hmm. But, no. Well, niggas, man, you know, still got chance. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I've been on both sides. You know, mm-hmm. I've uh, been taken home for Thanksgiving. Uh, I've brought people to my folks' house for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, no real crazy situations have ever happened. Um, there was this one kind of funny situation um i used to date somebody that was mixed and uh their mother was white and uh <laughs> it's just when it came time for the food to come around she she kind of gave him a look because she always you know ate with my folks and uh she was like look man <laughs> i know what you used to um <laughs> I, I, I helped out the best I could. Yeah. Just gonna just rock out with this one. And um, it, it, I mean, it was interesting, man. Um, I think there was definitely green beans on the table, one hundred percent. Um, but I don't think I had no no crazy like raisins in the macaroni or anything like that. But when I've gone to other people's houses, you know, for Thanksgiving, and you know, I'm the guy. Uh, it's always funny. Like you were talking about the like testing ground, trying yeah, to see what yeah, kind yeah, of thing yeah. you are. It's like as a guy, I feel like you have to come with like your A game. It's yeah. like you have to be prepared to impress. Really, got it. All you have to do is be 
cordial and nice to the mom and yeah. the, and the women. That's going to get you. Oh, he's so polite. Blah blah. blah. You're going to be straight on that. Now, see, with the men, you got to figure out what the pops like. Hey, you know what I started doing? What's that? I started bringing a quarter of weed with me everywhere I started going <laughs> on that. What? Yeah. Like, get a quarter of weed, you know somebody's smoking. Nigga, her daddy ain't smoking. Shit, I ran into that. Trust me. <laughs> Shit, I ran into a lot of different things, bro. Nah, that might be the worst thing. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying though, like yo, <laughs> y'all laughing, but it's real. All right, man. <laughs> I know you don't know how to respond to it. Leave the weed in the car. Uh, nah, save bro. it for the cousins. I don't think you just want to pull up your first Thanksgiving. No, with not his princess. It, like, I mean, uh, nah. with, with his princess, like, hey, bro, match one. Like, I don't think you. No, nah, not like that. It's more of a you know when you see they own it, like yo, you want you know whatever. Like, I got you, bro. Like, it's cool. Might be able to pull that shit with the cousins or some shit, but. I don't sure. know. You want to just be with dad, like if hey, I see the daddy out there smoking, I'm giving it to him first because I feel like it's his house. Hey, listeners, man, don't be bringing no weed. Over to <laughs> don't be bringing no weed. No, hey, whatever y'all want to say, bro. Don't cool. bring no drugs over it's to cool, anybody's house for the first time. Don't let that be your 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 <laughs> your first impression. Now, man. now he thinking she she out here dating the weed, man. Nah, nah whatever, man. But, okay, y'all go ahead, though. Y'all go ahead. But uh, you know, it's it's uh. <laughs> Uh, the thing you have to worry about, though, I, I always worry about when you meet that one family member that's like kind of like a little off. They are they they talk to you a lot and try to make jokes that you don't find funny. So you don't know because you know your family. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know if this is that same family member where it's like, do I do I pay him no attention? Yeah. Like why like why is nobody else talking to him but he keeps talking to me. <laughs> Yeah. You like the family's guinea pig at that point in time. Yeah. Like, let's see what he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, so what are y'all un- unpopular holiday opinions? Like, what are some things about Thanksgiving that you just, like, is your stance and you feel like everybody needs to be on board, but they're not? Okay. I feel bad for Thanksgiving, honestly. And I feel like Thanksgiving is like the yellow starburst of the big holidays. Because literally after Halloween was over, especially this year, you saw nothing but Christmas. Bruh, everywhere. Like, Thanksgiving gets nothing. No love. They really treat it like Michelle from Destiny's Child. She's still on stage. (laughs) It's like... Halloween is Kelly, Thanksgiving is Michelle, and Christmas is Beyonce. Yeah. As soon as as Kelly come off stage, Beyonce running right in. Exactly. My thing about Thanksgiving, I feel like all cranberry sauce should be in the shape of a can and come out of the can. Have you ever had like real cranberry sauce, like homemade cranberry sauce? I've seen it, but I don't eat cranberry sauce. Like you don't even eat the ocean spray? I think it's ocean spray. I buy it. Like I have a can in in my pantry, but I don't eat it. Why not? It's amazing. I don't need it either. You know what are y'all? What the fuck is wrong with so y'all? So I'm not gonna lie. Wait, tell me. So you eat dry ass dressing by yourself, and like you don't do nothing to lube it and and help it go down. The problem <laughs> is, the dressing don't have to be dry. Okay, okay. I'll see what you did there. But <laughs> my thing is, though. Also, I say I don't eat cranberry sauce, but I'm looking back in my life. As I look back over my life, that's for the saints. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten it. Ever. Ever. So, so every time you're offered cranberry sauce with your dressing, you always just skip over it. For the longest time, also, as I grew up, I did not eat dressing. Like, I looked at it and I was just like, no. What the fuck? You're not even Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, 
I would not. About? I hated turkey. I didn't like dressing. Yeah, my plate. I didn't used to like my food to touch. I've grown up since then. Yeah, you, you had a poo ass plate. Yeah, I did. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I've grown up, but I've never. I don't think I've ever had cranberry sauce. So this might be my first year. Bro, all right. Look, so this is what you do. Let me explain it to you. Okay. You don't need nothing. All right. So you gonna pile your plate? Well, I don't know how you do your plate, but you gonna pile your plate, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get a very thin. You don't need a lot of cranberry sauce. You can get a very thin cut. You gonna cut it right down, you know, through. But you want enough cranberry sauce that it covers the whole top of the dress, because there is such thing as having not enough and having too much. You want just a little bit of cranberry sauce with every spoonful of dressing. I'm gonna have plenty left over, so I'm gonna teach it to you. I'm gonna show you the ropes. All right. I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking like dressing. And cranberry sauce? Nigga, they go together like peanut butter and jelly. Okay. I don't understand this one, bro. I mean, I, West Coast shit. She no, probably... no, no. This is just me. That's not a West Coast thing. I just, I, like, there's I, certain I, things I just don't like. Like I said, I don't like it either, though, bro. What the hell? I don't understand you either. It's I don't like things like sweet like that, though. Like on my food. Like, I don't want to mm. add anything sweet on my food. I like it to be whatever it tastes like. Now, mm. I'm not just going to, you know, uh, what you call it dry, I guess. It just depends on who cooks it for real. Mm-hmm. And whoever cooks it is who I eat. Because I don't like eating everybody's dressing either. So, mm-hmm. you know, if it ain't grandma's, or if it ain't mom's, or, you know, any of that in between, I ain't touching it. And dressing is like a pretty important side dish. Yeah. Like, it's like the bad bitch of your plate. Just everybody can't be just bringing dressing. Nah. Like, you kind of got your designated dressing person, like. If if cousin cousin Samantha come, you know, hey, you know, you got to bring your dressing. Yeah. Hey, you be cooking in the kitchen on Thanksgiving? Yes. Okay. Well, see, you know, I don't what's go home duty? for Thanksgiving. You what's know your... what's funny? You want to laugh at what my duty was for Christmas last year? <laughs> I'm already year? laughing. I'm sorry. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> I appreciate it's something like boiling so the crazy. eggs. What the devil the eggs? I was. Hey, every turn and eye on. You put that water on there. Good job, girl. You know the funny part is I was on macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. What? I swear on everything. I don't believe. You can ask my mama. It, it's your one bu- Get the fuck out of here. Ain't okay. no way. I got to see All that. Right. All right. What? They put you on mac and cheese duty? They got a lot of faith. They did. <laughs> because <laughs> the funny thing is, like, so. I don't. So, like, I live alone. And I don't know how to cook for, like, one on certain things. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that's something I won't make. Because, first of all, it costs too much. I can just go somewhere and get me a little, my mm-hmm. little fix and yeah. be good. So, I don't make that often. So, it's always like, I hope this turned out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you did, did, did it go by well? Did it go yeah. well? My, my little cousins was, their people was asking for a recipe. I was like, I don't write stuff down. But, <laughs> but Chris, <laughs> like, you just brought up, you know, making the food. Mm-hmm. Dating-wise. What do you feel like is like a beginner level food? Because for me, if a woman try to impress you, mm-hmm. she's going to try spaghetti the fuck out of you. And I'm not eating that. I will all. not. My mom has raised me better. Thank, but, thank you. Give me that. But, Give me that. Oh my God. You already ain't know. No, ain't eating no spaghetti. No way I'm eating another woman's spaghetti. I'm rolling my eyes at y'all because. <laughs> you ever made a man spaghetti? Mm, no. I did used to make like a baked spaghetti type thing. So you tried to hide it as lasagna. That's what it is. You tried to to put spaghetti in a lasagna jacket. You funny. I mean, it really is just like (laughs) In essence, when I think about it, it was really like spaghetti with cheese. (laughs) Which sounds 
disgusting, but it's actually really good. You add a little barbecue, <laughs> like to the spaghetti sauce. You add a little barbecue, a little sweet baby uh, rays to like. What? All right, dude. I ain't never heard of the Wait, barbecue sauce. Wait, hold on. Time about back. Wait, time about back. This shit up. Nah, you said you put barbecue sauce in your spaghetti. She do it on everything. And you and you put cheese on top of it and bake it. Like you cook cook your little meat, right? Spaghetti sauce in. I ain't gonna make no spaghetti sauce from scratch. I'm not doing that. Put your spaghetti sauce in. Add some sweet baby rays, seasonings and stuff like that. <laughs> Yo, I don't know. Get it to like where it tastes good. Put some in. Add some cheese. Layer it kind of like lasagna. Lasagna. But and then bake it. Barbecue sauce. Bro? Yes. Yeah. I I um okay. It sounds crazy. Yeah, it sounds but, it sounds wild. But look, it's spaghetti though, so you ain't got to worry about us eating it. Oh, yeah, I wasn't gonna sure. make it for y'all. <laughs> Trifling, well, you know what I feel like black women have like mastered, and I feel like this is expert level cooking. If a woman can cook breakfast, yeah, like the full, like I'm talking about the full scale no, breakfast. You got your protein, you got your eggs, you got your grits. You know, you got your biscuits. Because I've tried to cook a breakfast before, trying to be Mister Romantic and shit, shit, all kind of shit fucked up. Eggs then turn into little bitty balls, grit soupy. <laughs> oh, wow. Burn, for, forgot I put the biscuits in the oven. Yeah, I ain't that guy. I had to go to Waffle House, but I didn't know how hard it was to cook breakfast. And then, like, black women, they cook breakfast so effortlessly. They just know when to turn the grits on. They know to start the eggs last. They put the bacon in, in the... You know somebody to start eggs first? Nigga, man, I don't, man, listen, man. Ooh, okay. Eggs was kind of last. Yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I'm saying, man, a lot of people come a long way, man. Just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ain't hear about them, but it. I was like, man, I took for granted how well my mom and my aunt can cook. Breakfast in that morning. Man, yeah. they throw breakfast together like it ain't nothing. Yeah. It really is an art to like getting uncut, all your yeah. food done at the same time, or like. In a way that it works. Like, I can't stand when you get something done too early and it's cold <laughs> by the time it gets on your plate. And it's just like. Hey, them, and them grits will rock up on your ass. They definitely will. Mm-hmm. So, well, happy holidays to y'all. Hope y'all can work out y'all uh, Thanksgiving times around. If, ooh, if you are going to somebody's house for the first time this Thanksgiving, be sure to write in and let us know how that went. Or if you're bringing somebody around your family for the first time this Thanksgiving, be sure to write in and let us know how that went, especially if it was fucked up. Yes, those sound like great letdowns. We could almost, if we got enough of those, we could almost do like a whole letdown episode. I feel like by Christmas, we yes, definitely need a yeah. whole letdown episode. Yeah. Oh, and I know somebody is going to have a story. Look, even if you didn't plan to take that nigga, <laughs> oh, with you. Take that nigga just so you can tell us about him. Yeah. Speaking of letdown, go ahead and take it away, April. All right. So for those of you guys that don't know, the letdown is the segment where we share stories from our listeners who have been let down. You can send them to the email, send them to the DM, but we will share them and discuss them. So today we have one. I'm trying to think what I'm going to name this letdown. Let's call it yeah. vegan beef. Vegan, vegan beef. beef. So okay. vegan beef wrote us in. It said, Dear Black Card Podcast, I am a small vegan food business owner that's tired of being disrespected. 
I'm proud that I've been recognized by many OGs in my city as an innovator and real curator of food as I take pride in making almost everything from scratch and also paying homage to those who have come before me. However, last year, a white-owned business came on the scene that has totally disrespected and disregarded many existing businesses, especially mine, since I'm seen as a front-runner in my space. They make claims to be the first to do things that black businesses have done first in this city. They have blatantly copied some of my menu items. And most recently, they came and bought food from me only to turn around and offer almost the exact same thing on their website the next day. Wow. I pulled up on them once before to address the disrespect to which they started crying and claiming they aren't copying me, but just trying to find food that people will buy from them since their business isn't going as well as they thought. Yet since then, I've caught them shading me on different interviews and even stealing hmm. phrases were stealing phrases and words word for word from interviews I've done and using my comments about my future concepts to describe their business plans. Between that And this most recent act, they are way over the line to me. Now, I want to roll up and beat some ass. (laughs) I'm trying to build a real brand, and I don't want to get a bad stain on my business name for going ham on them. Right now, I've just decided to mute them on all social media, and I've resolved to never buy anything from or support them again. The issue is that they they see me at different events and always smile right in my face and or come buy my food, likely to try to deconstruct and copy. I'm not sure what to do at this point because I'm infuriated at the disrespect and the copying. I'm trying to balance being professional and being dubbed an angry black woman as many as we are many times for just standing up for our basic rights and respect. Any advice? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so first of all, I really hate that they've done this little Elvis Presley thing right. to her. Like, she's figured out something, she's gotten into her niche, and now they've just decided to to steal, to do the same thing. Whew, I'm sorry, I'm triggered. Dog, vegan beef, fuck them. Like, <sighs> dog, like, this is a story that's been told over and over again, man. This is some of them, like, when I say this bullshit really upsets me because obviously what it says is that vegan beef has taken the time out to one find a void in the market Mm -hmm. she did that on her own accord or it would be even worse if this was an actual passion of hers and she's taking the time out to cultivate a menu to cultivate items to see what works in this space so she's done all the groundwork then a white competitor comes in and just blatantly copies what vegan beef has done. Mm-hmm. And then plays Karen when, when confronted. He's like, I don't know what's going on. The bullshit that were, that really kind of sent me over the edge with what you said was they came and ordered from vegan beef because their shit wasn't selling. They needed ideas. And that shit, like, white folks do this shit so fucking often. It is it is mind blowing how much integrity they lack. It is so hard to originate. All they can do is duplicate. That's all they know how to do. You can. I, I've, I've said this all the time. When was the last time a white person thought of something for the first time? I I've literally sat here and tried to really sit up and think. When can I trace back something that 
a white person can say that they started, that they did. Fucking McDonald's was stolen from a white man, stole from another white man and quote unquote created McDonald's. Columbus came over here and quote unquote found America. Like they get all this credit for bullshit that they just taken from one person to the other and called it their own. And especially the bullshit of getting in interviews and getting the nerve to shade her. Exactly. And steal phrases from her. Like the audacity. This is what my true honest feel like. I don't mean like I ain't trying to take the stage, but like this shit really like kind of infuriates me and pissed me off. Cause I'm just thinking like in, in this situation, we're creators. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We take our time out to have production meetings. To sit down and really think about what people want to hear. Mm. We t- we take time to really make a flow for a show. We put actual time and effort into what we do. And other creators do the same thing. They're going out here just trying to make it. Mm. They're trying to use their passion or use their ideas to get just a step ahead. And for another motherfucker to come around here and just blatantly take that shit. And then pass it off as their own. But see, the thing about that though, like, God don't like ugly. Right. These, these, these lily white motherfuckers can't make no money like she said. What's the what's the biggest excuse that white people use in a statement? They say, or oh, whatever. Um, what's, what's yeah, the being copied is like the, is yeah, the highest the biggest, form of flattery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you realize like everything with black folks is having to be humble? Mm-hmm. Like if you think about it, you're black, you're always told to be humble. Mm-hmm. What, what, what does that mean? And what I mean is like, how am I supposed to be humble by shit? Like, when you at your down and your worst, don't nobody tell you to be humble. Mm-hmm. When you own one and you actually came up with something creative in your juices, and then someone, like I said, with the, you know, flattery and the humble, and I mean, all that. Why we got to be humble then? Mm-hmm. Why we have to look at the bigger picture, the better side of it, you right. know? Like, that's becoming more annoying, and it's being shown daily, regardless of whatever situation you use as an example. Like, people are really... Like, we're we getting tired of that shit. And she even said it towards the end is she's struggling with how does she maneuver this situation without being labeled the angry black woman. And that's what I was going to come in advice wise. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only thing that I can really say is when you have something like even if somebody tries to copy it, they can't be you. They're mm-hmm. not you. Right. like. If you put in the work, like when people buy a product from people, it's more than just I'm buying this from you. Mm -hmm. It's more than me just shopping off her menu. I'm also like buying into the person. Mm -hmm. Obviously, she's a person that's built up enough of a name for herself where she's doing well in business, well enough for other people to come find her and copy her stuff and repeat what she's saying. So my... I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. because that is all you can do. they don't have the blueprint. Like you literally, they can't move without you moving. Right. Mm-hmm. And in, in vegan beef's world, the, another one that she has is that not only just her ideas and her persona are propelling her in this world that she's doing of creating food is like you're creating content in a way that these motherfuckers probably can't cook. They right. probably don't have the palate. They fucking, they're white. They don't even use seasoning. So, literally. <laughs> <laughs> they're still only doing half exactly. of what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. So, you out here finding recipes. They out here finding cinnamon. So, it's right. like, they, they got to start from scratch. And they still got a question mark for everything you're doing. Exactly. So, so my, okay, advice. My advice for the vegan beef. Um, I want to kind of focus on your emotional side. 
I want to say, let that drive you. And mm. I kind of like what Jay said about being humble. Fuck humbleness. Mm. You are the bad motherfucker. You are the hardest p- place to run in a race is in the front. Yep. They're behind you chasing you. You have to realize that you're not even concerned with them. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to take you over. They, they're, they're doing exactly what they want you to do. They want you to turn around and look back and you slow up your pace so they can catch up. Fuck them. Let them, let them play catch up. Because mm-hmm. obviously what you're doing, you're continu- continuously progressing. And about not being an angry black woman, fuck it. Be angry. Supposed to. Black people are angry people. We we Why can't we be angry the same way they are? Because if the roles were reversed, she'll try to throw all kind of legal action at you. Hello. Yeah. She'll try to copyright, yeah. give you a cease and desist. Fuck that shit. Fuck, I'm about willing to say, if you how, depending on how long your money is, hit her with the same shit. Yeah. I mean, the best thing I can tell you is stay creative. Keep coming up with shit that she can't create. Because there's always something that <laughs> she can't create. Mm-hmm. And stay influenced by the things that you're doing to make sure that you as a black person that keeps getting raped by white folks like keep making that be known but keep your statement very firm on the things that you create by your food jesus because i mean i'm not big on vegan but i damn sure support it now just off the strength of hearing this kind of conversation right and and then that's all you need right and and kind of like like jay just said a uh, one thing that i believe we might have even talked about it but what black people have to stop doing is we have to quit struggling for the sake of struggle. Mm-hmm. Every, we all want this. E- even us on this podcast do it. We have this idea of a grassroots growth that, yeah. hey, we're going to work hard and grind and promote and piece by piece, person by person. We're not going to ask for help. We're just going to be recognized eventually, and eventually we're going to get there. Look, all of us here, we're supporting you. Tell us, hey, I need y'all to come buy a plate. You know what we're going to do? We're going to say, fuck it, come buy a plate. I don't, I ain't vegan. I, I would like for you to slip some bacon in my shit. <laughs> but the thing is, I'll never let another motherfucker outgrow you because of my lack of support. I, I'd say this, like, learn how to keep the dollar black sometimes mm-hmm. in the right positions. I mean, there's some things I know we have no control of. But if you know there's control... I'm not going to a white person for something I know a black person could do even two times better. Mm-hmm. Keep it black. I mean, we can't even keep a dollar longer in our in our vicinity longer than a minute. Mm-hmm. And you have other people who literally could keep it for months, years, mm-hmm. and all. That's how they got their generation wealth. Keep our generation wealth starting now. Honestly, I'm just excited because I feel like when people come across these type of troubles, that means your business is about to do something big. Mm-hmm. Right. And people recognize what it is. So... Like I said, keep going. People are going to support you because of who you are and what you've done. And you've created a lane. And you you are the trendsetter. Like, mm-hmm. they literally cannot move without you. Right. True. So, that was our letdown for the day. Um, if y'all come across them white motherfuckers. That, that, <laughs> boy, he came, that was aggressive, yeah. boy. Man, yeah. So, look, if you want to send in... um. If you want to send us something to the letdown, T-H-E-B-L-X-C-K-C-A-R-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Or you can send it to the Instagram that is at T-H-E-B-L-X-C-K-C-A-R-D on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, So I guess it's a unanimous. Our fuck you for the day is fuck you to these white vegans 
whoever the hell they are. The thieves. The thieves, the colonizers. Um, the Thanksgiving, <laughs> the, what is it? Uh, Christopher Columbus of the vegan, yeah, yeah. Christopher Columbus <laughs> of the vegan world, yeah. Well, I'm your boy Bird. I'm April D. Jay West, as always. And this has been another episode of the Black Car Podcast, where it's always us versus them. Thank you for listening. <laughs>